0: God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is Will Rice and First Light is a brief Bible challenge encouraging you to read God's Word, to think about God's Word, and to live it in real life. All of us face battles and struggles on a fairly regular basis, but sometimes it feels like we're being sabotaged from the inside out. Sometimes it feels like there must be an informant, there must be a spy, there must be someone inside the camp that is scuttling all our best plans and ambitions. First Samuel 13 is a story of battle. It's a story of Israel going up against, you might say, their arch enemy, uh, the Philistines. And they're not completely introduced here, but they're kind of uh, introduced in the way that they will be kind of a continual theme uh, of, of enemy throughout the story of Saul and, and then David. Uh, 1 Samuel 13 says that Saul reigned one year and basically had finished fighting the Ammonites. And in the second year, he began fighting the Philistines. In subsequent verses, the Bible says, Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines. Uh, and then it says, and Saul blew the trumpet. He gathered together the, the forces, the, the growing army of Israel. The Bible says, though, that uh, verse 6, the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed. So they were, they were in a bad way. Some were hiding running off in thickets and hiding in rocks and in and, and, uh, caves and pits and so on. They were, they were escaping. They were running, running away. They were um, avoiding conflict and they were avoiding the battle. And so you have quite clearly here something that's not quite clear. That is the chaos of battle. And it's at that time when things are chaotic, when things are confusing, when there's smoke hanging over the battlefield, whatever your struggle may be today, that it's easy to be sabotaged. It's easy to know what is right, but not to do it. It is easy to do the wrong thing in order to to gain a, a good victory. And that's where Saul was. What follows is the actions of Saul that caused the prophet Samuel to say, you've done foolishly, you've not kept the commandment of God. And God is going to seek someone who is after his own heart. And that, of course, would become David later on. What is interesting about this sabotage, however, is that it seems as if Saul can't win for losing because it, the two ways he failed, uh, Israel in general and Saul specifically, seem to be two opposite things. And, and they kind of are, just like there's a ditch on both sides of the road. It doesn't matter whether you end up in the left side ditch or the right side ditch, both Are a ditch. Both keep them, uh, keep you from moving forward on the road of progress. So sometimes your greatest threat is an inside job, like like you've been sabotaged, and that is certainly true when you read the story of Israel and the Philistines. Two ways in particular that their defeat was an inside job. In the first place, there we we read of a, a bad. Independence—the wrong kind of independence. When Israel saw that they were in a strait, the Bible says uh, in verse eight, and he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. That as Saul waited, he was told to wait for Samuel, but Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, "Bring me hither a burnt offering to me and peace offerings," and he offered the burnt offering. Later, he explains as an excuse to Samuel that I forced myself because I saw that the people were scattered from me and, and you didn't come at the appointed time. And so I just took it upon myself to sacrifice something that only the priests were to do. Now, it, it's easy to think if you're king that hey, nothing is forbidden me. I have total authority. I can do anything I want. But even as a king, that is not the case. A king is not a priest any more than a priest is a king. And so Saul, when push came to shove, when he was up against a rock in a hard place, he took authority upon himself uh, in independence from God and an in independence from the authority that God had set up. He, he took upon him authority that did not belong to him. Now in American government, thankfully we have at least theoretically three branches of government. I think that is ingeniously set up. And yet any tyrant throughout history is someone who knew how to consolidate power to himself, and to usually by degree, sometimes by a coup, get rid of uh, other institutions of authority one by one. So here's Saul taking authority upon himself that did not belong to him. And in doing so, he sabotaged himself. God was with Israel in, in a cause that, that I suppose was just, but Saul, not willing to be patient, not waiting for Samuel not waiting for the priest to do what only the priest could do, took upon him authority that did not belong to him. Now, I have to tell you, we we need to watch out for this kind of independence in our own lives. uh, In institutions, we need to realize that the home is not the church, and the church is not the government, and the government is not not the home. Each is an institution ordained of God, imperfect though any specific example may be. They're institutions that have been given by God. And so, uh, if I'm a dad, I need to realize that I may not be a pastor. If I'm a pastor, I need to realize that I cannot be a father. I can give counsel. I can preach. I can give direction. But I, I'm not responsible for the kids of someone in my church, not, not as directly as a father or mother would be. And government cannot take the place of, of God's church. So trying to be completely independent and, and grab authority in every facet of life is not God's way and it's not right. Right. You know, parents, here's a dad and a mom. Parents need to be wise enough to know that when they undermine the authority of their spouse, they undermine their own authority. Even in an institution, for instance, um, maybe a job, there are times when uh, I may be giving permission to other people and I might be asking permission from other people. Now, even if my position is, is higher, there, there's conceivably an instance in which. Uh, there are overlapping authorities in any given institution. So what did Saul do? Saul was sabotaged by an inside job, inasmuch as Saul was impatient. Saul was rebellious, even as king, because he took authority that did not belong to him. In short, it was a form of we will say bad independence, wrong, a wrong sort of independence. Now, ironically, the the second act of sabotage is the exact opposite. It's a, a, an example of bad dependence, that is to say, depending on the wrong source. Verse 19 says, Now there was no smith, that is, blacksmith, found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, Lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. So apparently, as the Philistines gained control over the, that part of the region, they made sure that they disarmed those that were under their sphere of influence. The Bible says, but all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his, his share and his culture and his axe and his, his mattock, that is, his, his farm implements. Uh, the Philistines had quite effectively disarmed the, the, the Israelites, the children of Israel. Now, this has been the tactic of tyrants from the beginning of time disarm those you wish to control. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hound of, uh, of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan. Well, that's not a surprise, is it? Because Israel had let the enemy dictate the rules of engagement. You know, in the U.S. military, we talk about ROEs, rules of engagement, where we know exactly what must be done in different situations because of pre-planned rules of engagement. It gives our uh, soldiers, airmen, etc., confidence to know what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Well, can I just tell you that it's not wise ever to let the enemy dictate the rules of engagement because you cannot win by the enemy's rules. Now, quite frankly, in application, you can't win, you can't honor God, you can't do what is right when you try to win by the world's standards or, or rules of engagement. You know, so many times, for example, We're trying to fight moral battles on financial grounds or pragmatic grounds. Uh, Whenever it comes to any question about the home, whatever, so many times, even people who may hold good positions, hold those positions by the world's standards or by the rule world's priorities or by the world's rules of engagement. So they, for instance, defend the home on financial, on some kind of financial um, basis. Now, I think uh, intact home may be a good thing financially. Indeed, I think it has been throughout history. But what if there's some, you know, some uh, setup where we can obliterate the home and still do fine financially? Does that make it okay? And the answer is no. Look, unless you have a moral reason, you have a standard did not come from a man and cannot be changed by man. In short, you have a standard that came from the creator. You do not have an argument that can long last because it can be subverted by things like, well, this is more practical or this is more financially solvent. You know, when Israel went to face uh, the Philistines later, when David took on Goliath, the Philistine said, send us a man that we may fight him. And we think about that story, but never ask ourselves, why did Israel ever concede to send a man when they could have sent a regiment? Well, without getting into the weeds, that was a custom among armies of that time where two champions would fight as proxies for their respective armies. And that way, bloodshed could be reduced, I suppose. But the bottom line is, why would you take the rules of engagement of your enemy? They should have said, oh, you want one man to fight Goliath? We'll do better than that. We'll send a thousand. That's what the U.S. military, one would assume, would do now. But we are such children of our time, we're such children of our culture, and we're such that we tend to fight God's battles on the world's terms. Look, sometimes our greatest threats are an inside job. So it behooves us to know when to be independent and when to be dependent, who leads, who guides, and who we should follow. And that, of course, is the Lord God.